Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Pinstripe Valley Podcast, American League Division Series Preview Edition. Hooray! I'm Andrew Mearns, joined by Kun Shaw. How are you? I'm doing all right. Looking forward to seeing the Yankees. Yeah, I enjoyed watching a weekend of stress-free baseball in the wildcard round that had nothing to do with the Yankees, for mostly. I did enjoy it, but there were many times throughout it where I just said, I miss watching Aaron Judge bat. Yeah, <laughs> That was fair. the only thing I missed. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, I, I miss seeing Judge, but I also would not take the uh, trade-off of like, well, if the Yankees were in this series. but like, Oh, yeah, that, no, absolutely not. I'd rather be yeah. missing Judge than having him in that weekend. Yeah, I think um, we've had our fill of the uh, wild card round to last uh, many years, considering how many times the Yankees have been involved in it. Yeah. Not at least thing. it's like three games now versus just like the one do or die where it's just like, oh, that one wrong mistake, Garrett Cole's terrible, oh, season's over, okay. Yeah, I guess you have some uh, wiggle room now. Yeah, like the the Padres could afford to lose to Jacob Degrom and then win anyway because uh, Mets they beat up on Max Scherzer. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that was its own crazy thing. Four home runs off Max Scherzer. I did not did not expect that to happen. No. Granted, one of them was like you know right down the right field line, but you know it counts all the same. Exactly. So that wild card series. The most relevant one to the Yankees, the Guardians took out the Rays. So that was nice to see, if not only because I just am exhausted by the Rays and don't want to deal with them. I think on paper, like if you were just looking at it purely through like the numbers, the Rays were probably the worst team. So it would have been better if they won. But at the same time, nah. No, like I genuinely thought the Rays were going to win that series just because they're annoying. And then like it would have just been so much more annoying to, for the Yankees to face them, but I am happy right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the Guardians like... can sweep them. The Yankees, if they won, would have taken five games. Yeah. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. And so the, the, I mean, the Rays are just thoroughly dominated on the uh, offensive side because they only scored one run, I think in 24 innings. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, which is a good demonstration of what exactly Cleveland's pitching can do. And obviously we'll go into that a little bit more later, but in the other series, uh, I saw the, the Blue Jays dispatched pretty handily by the Mariners, honestly. That was an impressive comeback by Seattle the other day when they were down seven to eliminate the Jays. It's all the magic of the shoe. Yeah, that's that was such a weird <laughs> thing. It's like, oh, everyone's just going to start putting shoes on their head, and uh, Mariners are going to score runs. It'll be great. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened, but um, if you can bring that magic to the Astros and beat them too, I will be a happy person. Yeah, that that's going to be a tough, tough task. But hey, maybe it will happen. 
Are trade. you saying you are you saying you doubt that random fan in his shoe? Maybe I do, but you know, because <laughs> the Astros have their own dark magic to combat the shoe on the head rally stuff. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but that was Luis Castillo shoved in the first game, and then you know they had that huge comeback, and they won even though they started Robbie Ray. So, <laughs> yeah, that Springer injury was, and the, the collision with with uh, Bichette was pretty scary. Yeah, that that was tough to watch. Yeah, it's gonna and put like uh, obviously like as neutral observers, it's like nothing compared to like how Blue Jays fans will feel about it. But it's just like I, I'm not even sure how many times I'm gonna watch like highlights of that game just because like the game tying hit came on that play, and it's just like right. oh, that's just a like, bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and you just feel bad for George Springer. I feel like the dude can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's hit the entire time he's been at the Blue Jays, but he's also, like, missed a whole bunch of time, so. Exactly. Oh, well. Yeah, so I'm not sorry to see the Blue Jays as a team, though, though, because uh, their offense still scared me. So, granted, I guess they would not have seen them until the ALCS, maybe, if they had each advanced, but Seattle's going to get their crack at Houston, so we'll see. Yeah, it, I didn't like the thought of them looming either as like the alternative to if the Yankees obviously advance past Cleveland it's either the Astros or the Blue Jays and that is just not a happy thought (laughs) right right Uh, and over in the National League uh, bye-bye Cardinals (laughs) that was good to see them sent away in just two games by the Phillies who I will say that I I picked them for that upset just because I had uh, it was funny because I was like well I mean Cardinals will probably win this just because the Phillies are wildly inconsistent and uh, Cardinals have always their devil magic. But then like they announced the probables and it's like Aaron Nola. I might be mixing up the order now. But it's like Aaron Nola against Jose Quintana and Miles Nicholas against Zach Wheeler. Then it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's uh, extremely slanted in the Phillies favor. So they may have a real shot here. And hey, they, they did it. Yeah, we forgot about the the, the Cardinals rotation woes. <laughs> yeah, sheesh. Yeah, they weren't, and they didn't even start Jordan Montgomery. He did come in relief in the second game, give up a game tying sacrifice fly, but for the most part, it was okay. But yeah, they didn't even start him in that series. No, and they, he wouldn't have oh, pitched, well. he wouldn't have pitched game three either. So wild. Devil magic is dead. Yeah, it's 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 actually kind of funny because like they've won one playoff round since the start of 2015. So it's been a while, honestly, since they've actually done damage in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess the double magic's been dead. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like slowly dying a little bit, and I think people yeah. just like have a way around it. Too bad. Bye bye. Yeah, I mean, it, when Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt go like zero for twelve with eight strikeouts, I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> it, those are the guys you're, that you're, you're got supposed MVPs. to contribute. Your two MVP candidates aren't doing anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that's not going to help. Yeah, even like Yadi Molina and his decrepit bat was getting hits. It's like, okay, man. <laughs> yeah, right. But farewell to Albert Pujols. Uh, Yadi, I don't really care about, but uh, bye. <laughs> Maybe Wayno, but again, yeah, I do like how it feels like they're um, they're soft retiring Wayno, even though I'm not sure if he's actually going to. Yeah, like, there's been any announcements. <laughs> You're retiring. No, I'm not. I feel like I'm gonna come back. No, 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 no. You're retiring. It's like no, we, we're we're glad to see you go out on um, such a great. I never said I was going out. No, no, we we love you, man. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it seems like he might retire. But it is funny just how it's just like well, sort of. I feel like the Cardinals made that decision for him. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. And then the last series, of course, the Padres and the Mets, the one that went three. I'm glad at least one of them went three because otherwise we would have had two days of no playoff baseball at all. But Padres, what a game earlier, that was. Scherzer, then DeGrom won, and then the the third game, which was just all Joe Musgrove and his uh, red hot ear or whatever. Yeah. Better luck next year, Mets. Got him. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a funny game to watch because it's like you could see that the Mets just had no answers at all for Musgrove and uh, <laughs> the fact that they had him checked. I'm not surprised. And I feel like, you know, even though a lot of people complained about like, oh, this does this is kind of classless. I feel like if the cameras had caught that and book shows or hadn't done anything, then it would have been like, well, why are you even bothering? Because like that was very, very clear. But no, he was fine. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the ear was definitely extra glossy. Yeah. And to your point, yeah, exactly. If they, they, Buck didn't have him checked, even though, like, I guess he, he does get checked in between innings and stuff like that. But if he didn't have him caressed, then the Mets fans would have been like, see, he cheated. And now you could just shut up and be like, no, our team just died. Yeah, I did like that. Uh, a lot of players chimed in on Twitter, including uh, our personal favorite, Andrew McCutcheon, talking about, like, how it's just, like, red hot stuff that, like, pitchers use to psych themselves up. And this is just a long-standing thing of pitchers being weirdos. So I was gonna say, pitchers is just weird, man. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, clearly it worked because he was he was pounding it in there. So, yeah. Now the Padres get to play the Dodgers, and we'll probably get swept. So go dads. Yeah, go dads. Though I would I would like to see the dads advance. I just I feel like people have like missed that the Dodgers are. Uh, just an absurdly, absurdly good team. Like it's just sort of taken for granted. They won 111 games, and people are like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, yeah, because it seems like they do that every year. You know, that's actually their franchise record. Yeah, they've like broken their own franchise record. I think like a few years in a row, and like even in the 2020, they had like a plus. They had like a 700 winning percentage or something like that. So, just yeah, they are on their own planet. It's just about whether they will get it done in the playoffs or not, as always. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the Dodgers will win that series. But I would like, as you said, like to see the Padres give them, give them a run. Well, the Padres were my preseason NL uh, champion. And when we did our playoff predictions, I, I stuck with it. So I had Yankees-Padres as a World Series before the season and before the playoffs began. So I'm rooting for it. Yeah, at this point, you might as well stick to your guns, right? Yeah, might as well. The one team I got right from Wild Card Weekend <laughs> is the Padres. So, congrats to me. Yeah, hey, I will say the I, I was pretty good. The only one I missed was Jays Mariners. I thought the Blue Jays would win that one, but I am not sorry to see them go. As we discussed, <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool. This play there's going to be playoff baseball in Seattle now, confirmed for the first time since 2001. Because it's one thing to go to the playoffs, and then like if if it, if all it was is that Wild Card round, then obviously the Mariners fans would be disappointed, but. And be like, yeah, okay, but now it's like, oh, you're really, you're really in the playoffs because you get to the actual playoffs games. now. Yeah. yeah, you can probably have your shoe on camera in person. <laughs> I'm 100 percent sure that's going to be a thing oh, in yeah. the first game. <laughs> Completely. We'll also, get playoff baseball in uh, Philly for the first time since 2011, since uh, they are playing a full series of Phillies and Braves. So that should be a good one, also. Yeah, go Phillies, I guess. Yeah, I'm in a Braves household, so. Uh, it's uh, it's up in the air for me. I, I like Philly enough, so we will see what happens. Yeah, I'm more indifferent than anything else about that series. It's just, I, I said, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. 
It, it's like, just their the Phillies brand of baseball is so weird and funny that it's just like, sure, go ahead. No, that's the whole thing, right? Like even when the the Phillies clinch and you saw that video of like Rob Thompson, he was like, "Oh God, we still have to play more baseball." And then the rest of the team like, hey, "Let's party!" <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, just like, like, what the hell's going on? Just such a wonderfully odd dynamic of like Rob Thompson, like, "Yeah, you, you did it, man. You you, were, you guys are great." And then you just hear like. I don't know, Kyle Schwarber going like, wee off the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Even like the video of the locker room celebration after they beat the Cardinals, it's just Rob Thompson like, yep, you guys played well. We're going to have to play more baseball. I'm not happy to be here. But and then Kyle Schwarber's – Rob Thompson's talking about like the schedule. is like, we'll get you the schedule of when the bus is leaving tomorrow. And Kyle Schwarber's like, 8 p.m. tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Uh, what a what a bunch of weirdos. That's that's yeah. a team that like if they made like a run to the World Series, they would be like cult heroes in Philly forever, even if they Pretty lose. Much. <laughs> but they, they would be a team that if they were based anywhere outside of Philadelphia, I'd be rooting for them. Yeah, what a what a hilarious team. Anyway, have we gone through all the division series at this point? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we're just doing a little mini preview. Obviously, we're not going to zoom in on like, oh, what do we think about this matchup? Just because. We're talking about the Yankees. We have enough to do there. So yeah. wait, we don't want to talk about the Mariners and Astros roster decisions. No, not really. Uh, not really concerned about the legitimacy of uh, Ty France or not. So, <laughs> anywho, next talking point is um, well, Aroldis Chapman just ditched the team, <laughs> <laughs> and we are not sorry about it. No, no, no. No, that um, was so weird when, like, I started seeing reports uh, yesterday. And it was just like, oh, Chapman's in Miami. He's just not with the team, and he's not on the, on the roster. It's like, I'm all right. <laughs> Good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think somebody in, in our Slack shared, like, the initial, Arolis Chapman's not going to be on the playoff roster. I was like, I was like happy. I was like, oh, the Yankees actually made a good decision. Like, you know, a few weeks ago, they, they were thinking about DFAing him and they talked about like, you know, postseason roster spots definitely not locked in, whatever. So I was like, oh, cool. And then like the saga just got weird from there. Oh, yeah. Like they were going to give him every chance to make the roster. And honestly, I think with how the uh, bullpen has been dealing with Marinaccio injury, the last spot could go to like a Clark Schmidt, but. I feel like they might have just gone with Chapman anyway, even if they were sort of disillusioned with him. But hey, he made the decision for them, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, he just decided not to show up, I guess, and continue doing whatever he's doing in Miami. Um, what was it? An unacceptable excuse or no legitimate excuse? Was the, the yeah? Quote, both Boone and Cashman basically said the same thing. Or, <laughs> and uh, then, like you know, Cashman was like, "Yeah, we've been kind of questioning his uh, commitment to the team for a while." It's like, what are you even? employing him for then he sucks yeah yeah i don't know yeah like um, greg uh our old friend uh from psa he had a good like twitter thread talking about like what are we doing <laughs> like we need this guy around even though he's like i don't really want to be here yeah like, the, the dude went and got a tattoo that of his sister for some reason in the middle of the season and then wound up on the aisle for like a month because of an infection that he got there it's like bro is it was this the right time to get a tattoo? Like that should have been like the the sign, like the end of it right there. Like, all right, dude, you're an idiot. Go, go away. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the quote veritable moat of pus about an inch wide, which is just an absolutely disgusting sentence. And I will curse Lindsay Adler forever for writing it. <laughs> 
Yes, but also she's my Yankee of the week for a Waldis Chapman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's literally what he did. He just went AWOL. He's like, all right, well, bye. <laughs> yeah. And I, did, I am a little worried that they left open the door that like maybe he could return. But I think that's like probably only if a lot of people die. <laughs> so, yeah, because it have, seems so unlikely. I think they just have to say it because. I don't know why, but there's probably something that where they just have to say it or whatever just to cover their own asses. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure the, Chap- uh, the Chapman era is over and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, yeah. We may have extended thoughts in the offseason once he definitely signs somewhere else and we don't have to deal with him anymore. But I am not sorry to see him go. Just very baffled by how it ended. Yeah, Hal Steinbrenner is going to fly to uh, Miami or wherever Chapman is just to like repair the relationship and bring him back. He's <laughs> like, oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, he will not be on the ALDS roster. No, he will not be on the ALDS roster. We're going to talk a little bit about this series now uh, after we take an ad break, and uh, we'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back. So we're going to look ahead to do a deep dive on this Yankees-Guardians division series, best of five, starting off at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday and Thursday night before resuming in Cleveland on Saturday. And if we have a game four or five, that will be Sunday-Monday because the DS schedule is very weird this year. Yeah, what a stupid schedule. (laughs) Yeah, like I think we... We decided that it's probably because they wanted to make sure that there weren't any days with no baseball, but it's just very odd to see an off day after game one. Yeah, like, I think they could have just staggered the starts a little bit, like, yeah. have two of the DS, like, one NL and one ALDS start one day and the other ones start another day, but I guess then you probably have to deal with complaints about who gets extra rest and whatever, so you just decide to do a stupid... I don't know. It's all dumb. Yeah. The schedule is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then like that, if it does go five, then that's going to be quite a hectic uh, 24 hours between game four and game five, simply because you got to travel back to the other city and you're, you're not going on any rest. So then you might run into a situation where if it goes that far, so the Yankees have announced their front, first three stars will be Garrett Cole game one, Nestor Cortez game two, Luis Severino game three. If it does go five, then you would have to be bring back Nestor on short rest and then maybe do like bullpen game after having him go like just a few innings. Or maybe you have Jameson Tyone start game four so that Garrett Cole can just pitch normal rest on game five. He'd be pitching a normal rest in game four too. But it's just like a weird decision that the teams will then have to make based on how the schedule is aligned. Yeah. So my thoughts on the matter are A, sweep them in three. Yes, that would be the easiest. (laughs) (laughs) But then if we do get to a game four situation, I think you you kind of play it by ear, right? Like if you're down one to two two in the series, then yeah, you start Garrett Cole there and then you you have Nestor ready to go for game five the way you mentioned. But if you're up two to one, I think you think about having Jameson Tyone go game four and then keep Garrett Cole and the whole 
army behind him ready for game five. Yeah, that's probably what the Yankees are thinking about, I would guess. Although I would, I will say that I would understand the strategy if they're just like, screw it, let's just go for the kill and have Garrett Cole pitch game four anyway, you know? Because yeah. maybe you don't want to mess around and get yourself into that do or die situation. But yeah, we'll see how they make these decisions. I don't hate how they've lined up the first three starters. I think I probably would have gone Nestor game one and then with Cole in game two, you can bring him back on short rest. And he's done that before. Like Nestor hasn't really done that. Um, but like Cole did that in 2020, actually, in that series against the Rays and pitched well in the game five on short rest. So that would have been an option. And also, I think Nestor's earned it. But that's, there was a good article I read from Newsday where it's like a bunch of scouts and uh, evaluators talking about like, yeah, this is a really good problem for the Yankees to have. So they'll probably be fine. Yeah. I think there's also probably something to just kind of wanting like to alternate between like, Cole and Severino and their power pitching with yeah. like Nestor and it's just in between, you know, That's total rusty in there. And yeah. So there's probably some logic to it as well, besides, you know, just Garrett Cole's paycheck. But yeah, again, it's a good problem to have. You could have thrown any one of those three in game one and you know, you feel good about your chances. <laughs> yeah, and it you really feel good about how Severino looked at the end of the season that he made it that he was even like remotely in consideration for that first game, even though he'd only been three starts off the IL, but that last start against Texas was just so, so good. And I think we talked about it last week, but if he could bring even a fraction of that against Cleveland, then that's huge. Yeah. I know. I know he was initially upset about being put on the 60 day IL, like back when he got hurt, but it might've just been the best thing for the Yankees. If this works out the way, we all hope it does. Yeah, and because they needed to slow play his return anyway, and they had to worry about innings too, just because he hasn't really thrown a full season since 2018, which at this point is quite a long time ago. So, yeah, I, I get it. But we'll see how he looks against the Guardians. I think that this pitching could go toe-to-toe with the Guardians. I think the thing is the... So I think the Guardians pitching is extremely good. But the Rays not being very good <laughs> on offense helped them out a little bit. I, if the Yankees, I mean, if, I should say, if the Yankees go score one run in 24 innings, then I will eat crow. But I think that they will not do that. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Like, the Cleveland pitching can be scary, but, and especially with how weird and streaky and cold our offense can be, like, mm-hmm. You know, we don't want them to come back and, you know, be the August offense where it's the Aaron Judge show and nobody else, right? Because we lived through that already. I don't need to do it again. But if our offense is somewhat competent, like if anybody else, like if three other people or two other people besides Aaron Judge show up, I think they'll be fine because I think our pitching will be able to match Cleveland's pitching for the most part. And potentially, at least maybe I feel more confident in our pitching than theirs. Yeah, and you have – um. You have Rizzo back, which you did not have in August. Giancarlo Stanton was heating up again during the final games of the season, had homered in three consecutive games. So even if that's like all you were getting as in terms of signs of life from Giancarlo, better than nothing. And I feel okay about it. He's always actually showed up in the playoffs, really, whenever the Yankees have been in it. And he's, I mean, he almost hit three home runs against Boston last year. So he would have if the Yankees weren't useless and were playing at home. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway well, yeah we don't need to discuss the 2021 yankees or that wild card round that we thankfully didn't have to deal with <laughs> no yeah and then you know glaber you know he was actually you know bouncing back and you know had a good september after whatever the hell was going on in august so between those guys and then obviously uh oswaldo cabrero just coming out of nowhere and playing the way he's been playing between 
Rizzo, Giancarlo, Cabrera, and Glaber, I think, you know, the Yankees' chances are good. And then you throw in whatever the hell Donaldson or IKF or uh, Trevino offer, I think you're, you're in a good spot. Yeah, it's it's tricky because I think like Josh has an article coming out today. It might be live by the time this podcast goes live, but it's talking about how outside of like Rizzo, Judge, and Torres, the Yankees are very like defense first at the rest of their positions and not really capable of being good on offense. <laughs> like Donaldson has been frustrating as you suggested. IKF Trevino has not hit well in the second half. I think he's down to like 77 WRC plus in the second half. So there's some serious questions at like the bottom of the lineup. But again, I think as long as the Yankees can just get a couple guys from that batch going, then things will be okay. Obviously your Bieber's and McKenzie's and all the random no names out of the Guardians bullpen because they're good at that too, like the Rays. But if they, just a few of those guys can string together some hits, then I think you're in good shape. Yeah, it does help that you know Aaron Judge is going to be leading off, and you know, who just I just feel like that's just the scariest thing you can do is just start off a game with Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, it's like good luck, man. <laughs> and I, I will say too about Glaber, playoff Glaber has been good too. Obviously, he did not have uh, a good game in the wild card game last year, but. For his uh, career in the playoffs, he is 325, 413, 575 in 22 games. So that is very good. And obviously not always predictive of future results, but the fact that he's done it is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know IKF is going to just be annoying in there. Trevino, you kind of just deal with because of what he's able to offer on the defense. The real, the only real, like, problem area as far as offense is concerned well not only real because i just mentioned two other ones but um i think it's the josh donaldson third base thing where like you can, you're just going to go with him because he offers better defense than dj because right now dj lemayo didn't really show anything when he came back off the il yeah frankly i don't even know if i'd roster dj they're i mean they've been talking about like checking on his availability during this week of workouts and how things looked but i think if there's any question whatsoever, you might just want to roster someone else. Get maybe you just get Oswald Peraza on there as like a backup instead of DJ because DJ's not, not offering you anything. Yeah, I I still don't envision a world where they don't roster him. Yeah, um, I think they probably maybe... will too because they're like, well, maybe he'll be okay, but he shouldn't be starting. No, definitely not. But maybe if they actually don't feel confident, they they won't. And in which case, Peraza should start at, at shortstop. Yeah. And, then you can do whatever the hell you want with IKF and Josh Donaldson at third base. Yeah, I mean they probably will. They're they're, they're going to start IKF at shortstop. That's just I know. Fate See, my, other, <laughs> my other problem is like if it's not DJ, I feel like that just locks up a roster spot for Marvin Gonzalez. Yeah, that's also a possibility. I really wish so, that he didn't have like that on lock because I feel like even I do like Marwin's versatility, but I feel like actually Oswaldo Cabrera basically gives you. Marwin's versatility anyway with a so, bat yeah but just with a bat yeah yeah so who knows yeah and I guess like the question would be if DJ is not on the roster someone's got to back up Rizzo at first and you probably don't want Oswaldo Cabrera being the guy to do that just because he's so inexperienced there he's only <laughs> been there like once or twice so and it's obviously super unlikely that Anyone other than Rizzo would have to play first, but you don't want to get caught in a situation where... Just in case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Marwin can play first and DJ can play first. So one of them will probably end up being on the roster. I forget. Does Josh Donaldson play first at all? 
I don't think so. I don't think he's played there at all. For some reason, I thought I had a random memory of him playing first, and like not in, with the Yankees, but in a, in a previous life. But apparently, he did uh, be... a, a couple times with the Blue Jays, but not. It was not a regular thing by any stretch. And at this point, that was okay. a while ago. I just wasn't sure how extensive it was, but at least my weird memory came was true. <laughs> I always forget that Josh Donaldson was on Cleveland for a hot second until I look at his baseball reference page. Yeah, there was like a told like three hours that he was there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm here. It's like literally September 2018. And then and then Cleveland got swept in the uh, division series. I was like, well, so much for that. <laughs> yep. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I think, as, as we talked about, the Yankees do have the offense to take down a guy like Bieber or McKenzie or Cal Quantrill. So I feel okay about it. Especially considering most likely they're getting uh, Babe Carpenter back. Yeah, that's that's good to see. He's been he had been rehabbing on the Somerset alternate site during the last series in, against Texas. They decided to have him do that instead of coming down, and he seems like he's ready to go. He's been uh, hitting some bombs against like uh, Nestor and other Yankees pitchers in uh, batting practice, and I think he can definitely come in pinch hit for an IKF or Trevino late. And yeah, you'll feel you'll feel pretty good about that. Exactly. And it's yeah, like, it, yeah that's it. like sort of a limited roster spot at this time. But I mean, his bat was as good as Aaron Judge's when he was playing. So you got to try it. Yeah. And like, the thing is, like, for whatever reason, in an extreme emergency situation, Carpenter and Giancarlo Stanton can both play the outfield. Just obviously, they're going to do everything they can to avoid having either of them play the field. Yeah. Giancarlo has talked about, like, he's trying to, like, appeal to play some defense again. And I think he has been like working out by, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to risk that at all. Even if like we can debate them how much it actually is a risk or not, but. And I know I figured uh, John Carl has been doing, uh, been appealing for a long time now. Cause I, I mean, the, the guy does enjoy playing the field. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he seems more locked in when he is. But... Yeah. Of course now they have the, the good problem of um, now they have Harrison Bader in center. So you don't really need to shift judge over. Um, unless you really want to. And I guess if it comes to a situation where it's like Bader's not hitting, maybe you just try judge and center and then put Giancarlo out there or something like that. But I would be surprised if uh, either, the, if uh, Giancarlo got starting right. So, yeah. But if Bader could do a little bit of hitting, that would be nice. He really hasn't hit at all. Yeah. He, he, except for his like first game or whatever it was. Yeah. Since then, he's just been very, very quiet. But, you know, I guess still good defensively. I guess when I talked about the whole, I just completely forgot Harrison Bader existed yeah. for like the hot minute. <laughs> he, I mean, for a while he didn't exist, so I don't blame you. Still not sure if he's yeah. a real person. But yeah, so the, the Guardians bullpen is just this army of random names that uh, are really good. So that'll be something to watch for late in ball games. Like they, they got Sam Hentges, who I think threw three innings against the Rays in that 15-inning game. Trevor Steffen, who was a Rule 5 pick who the Yankees lost the same year they lost uh, Garrett Whitlock. He was a guy that was more of a project, and Cleveland's done a good job of like turning him back around. And then, of course, they got Emmanuel Classe and James Karinczak in the back of their bullpen. They are really, really good and hard to hit. So ideally, you, you work it so that you never get into a situation where they're really pitching, sort of like how the Padres did with Edwin Diaz. They're like, let's uh, see Diaz as little as possible. Yeah, exactly. Let's, uh, let's, let's score early. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees should follow suit. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. The Yankees, Yankees should score runs. Be good. Many of them. Yes. <laughs> and the Cleveland offense is, it's in league average offense, but they don't really hit home runs. 
despite what um, A-Rod may have said on the broadcast the other day, where it's like, oh, yeah, 15-inning, one nothing game is what happens when you got two teams that rely on the home run. It's like, this is the Rays and the Guardians. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say I do believe that they don't really hit home runs, but Garrett Cole might have something else to say. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, no, that's just, that's going to be a concern the entire time that Garrett Cole is on the mound. That just And that's just how it's gone with him in 2022. So hopefully they can keep uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor in the ballpark because they can hit home runs um, for sure. They're both 20 homer hitters. And Oscar Gonzalez had that walk-off home runs to win the 15-inning game. So I guess he can hit home runs too. But for the most part, this is a team that should be kept in the ballpark. And I have pretty good confidence in the Yankees pitching staff doing that. Yeah. And they have some decisions to make for like their last spots in the bullpen, but ideally that guy who they pick never pitches. So, but I think, I think it's probably going to be Clark Schmidt just because I don't think they're going to take Greg Weiser over him. I think they like having Schmidt around. I think Jameson Tyone will be in there as well. Just to have like another good long relief option or to start game four, like we talked about earlier. Domingo Herman will probably end up on the roster too, just because he's pitched in relief before, and I feel like they'll probably use him. He can do either or, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the thing about Herman is you could throw him out there for an inning, you could throw him out there for three if you need him. Like it, You can kind of just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, hey, here's why I hope Domingo Herman pitches. Yankees go ahead 10 nothing and need someone to soak up innings at the end. There you go. <laughs> three days in a row. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess there, there is an outside chance that Miguel Castro could make the roster two in the bullpen just because Chapman made that opening and he could be taken over like Schmidt or Weiser. But I mean, I'm not convinced enough that he's fully healthy or back. He was a yeah. little shaky in his games against the Rangers. So I just wouldn't bother. Yeah, I think I think if the, the last spot comes out to Schmidt, Castro and Weiser, you probably just go give the edge to Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, because Schmidt can do like a multi-inning relief appearance too if he needs him to, so... Absolutely, and he's been very good for the most part. Yeah, like there's been like one or two games where it's been like, eh, but for the most part, yeah, since since like he's been in the bullpen again, yeah, I like Schmidt. And ideally, you just get like um, the, the bullpen is, as a whole, like I could see being a little interesting just because there really isn't like your slam dunk lockdown guy like there usually is. I think Lewiska has pitched pretty well since the mid-July, so I would feel pretty good about him on the mound in a tight situation, and I think he's going to be your, like, fireman guy who comes in in the, in the biggest scenario and, like, tries to get strikeouts, but it, it is just, like, a little bit uneasy that, like, there's, like, we don't have, like, the first half Clay Holmes there. We have a Clay Holmes who's working his way back from injury, who may or may not walk everyone. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's weird to go into uh, playoffs with uh, Yankees not having a uh, clear-cut pecking order in their bullpen. Like, there's no eighth-inning guy. There's no ninth-inning guy like we've been used to seeing for years. But this may actually end up being better in in certain ways because, you know, you're not, like, married to anybody in any one inning. You're just kind of going by what actually makes the most sense in that time. Obviously, it's not great because the reason you're doing that is because you don't necessarily have the most – confidence in some of these guys just because you know how the performance has been but yeah i think you're right loisiga is probably your fireman guy i think they probably end up trying to go with clay holmes as like in typical closers or safe situations if they reach there but let's see they also have like a Efros and uh trevino in the bullpen who could both handle the ninth as well so 
then they could come in if like the matchups depend on it. So and I feel pretty good about those guys, honestly. I like that they'll get Juan de Peralta back. Seems like he's in good shape to rejoin the roster. He's a good lefty guy who's not going to be intimidated by the moments. He's going to throw in some stuff that I think Guardians batters might not be expecting. So that's fun. Yeah. Plus, he's he's just been rock solid all year yeah. long. I think the only, like, like we talked about before, the only bad performance he had was the one right before he went on the IL. Yeah. It's like, oh, something's off here. And then, yeah, something was off. But I think, uh, yeah, Yankee. So while the Yankees bullpen is not like the lockdown one, I think we are familiar with, I think they're still a pretty solid bunch. Yeah. I think what I like about the, the Yankees this year, though, is that. Every year we go in where like the bullpen is the highlight, but everything else is question mark. Where the, now the bullpen's still solid; it's not bad by any means. So, like we're not talking down the bullpen in any. Yeah, regard. no, this is not just, this is not the Phillies we're working with here. Where yeah. just like any time that they pitched against the Cardinals, it was like, oh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, this is still a very good and talented bullpen. It's just maybe not as locked down or as you know, whatever as we're used to. But they're the third best part about this team <laughs> behind like the the rotation and the offense or whatever so you feel a lot more confident in the rotation and offense than you probably have in the past which is why i like this yankees team right now yeah it's good to like the yankees in my opinion yeah like a lot of last year we did not really like the yankees. i did not like the yankees last year i did not enjoy them at all yeah <laughs> so alas what can we do yeah i think that's what's going on do we have anything else we want to talk about uh, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to do a Yankee or Manfred of the week this week just because nothing's really happened. No, um, no. I will give an honorary shout out, like I said, to Lindsay Adler for a Waldis. Um, <laughs> I may actually also give a shout out to Aroldis for just making it easier for the Yankees to part ways with him and not showing up. So thank you for that. Yeah, and thank I may you just for uh, an... picking Miami <laughs> over the Yankees. <laughs> And let me just throw an honorary uh, man for the week for both of us out to Brian Cashman in the front office for what the hell again, man, <laughs> With, in yeah. the whole this saga. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I'll speak for both of us in that. We don't need to actually formally hand out awards this week. No, yeah, I think that that's fair. <laughs> so feel pretty good about this series. Obviously, like short series, anything can happen. Maybe the Guardians pitching will step up and will continue to shove and shut the Yankees down. That's an option that I don't want to think about, but is definitely a possibility. So if, I mean, if I were to guess, I would say I'm like 67% sure that the Yankees will win this series, like two out of three, you know? Yeah, I think so. And like they could lose, but that's like the less likely outcome. So I'm going to go with Yankees in four. Yeah, I think I am leaning that way too. And then they end, they will, I think in this scenario, they will go to Cole for game four just to close it out. If, yeah, that's, that's just what I'm thinking. But could go five, could go three. These are the options. <laughs> Those are the options, folks. <laughs> <laughs> could go two. No, can't go two. Never mind. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's a little short story. Yesterday I was watching the Giants and Packers game with a buddy of mine. And like in the last drive, my buddy decides to turn to me and he goes, all right, either the Packers are going to score here and, and tie the game and it's going to go to overtime or they're not and they're going to lose. <laughs> and I was like, yes, those yeah. are the options. And he goes, yeah, correct. But, the, but then he did throw out or they're going to score and go for the two-point and win. Like, 
What's your point here, guy? <laughs> I'm just dictating uh, exposition. This stuff is going to happen. know what the choices are here. Like, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. yeah. But Yankees in four, I think, is our call. So let us hope that they do that. Or even better. Or better. Do Yankees in three. They want to make Luis this Severino. easy as possible. I would endorse it. Just pretend that they're the twins. You know, I will also endorse Luis Severino going off and finishing the no hitter that he didn't get to finish. Yeah, he's just he's just like mad and throws another with like seven no hit innings. He's like, see, yeah. <laughs> so all right, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, anything else? We think we've said our piece about this series. I think we've said our piece about their series. Just uh, I guess go um, let's uh, let's make our picks for the other series just for fun. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I'll say. Um, Astros in five. I think the Mariners fall behind 2-0, but then they win their games in Seattle to make it interesting, but then Houston stomps on their dreams in game five. Alright, I'm gonna go Mariners in five. Okay. Hey, I will endorse this. Yeah, the the wild card round, I went, like, basically one for four because I was going with, like, hey, this probably gonna happen. It makes more logical sense, and I just didn't stick to what I normally do which is just go for who what I want to happen and try and will it into existence. So yeah. five. <laughs> forget the perceptive look. We're just going yes. on the gut. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and I will say Braves in four against the Phillies. I th- I'm going to go Phillies in five. All right. All right. Go uh, Schwerbs and other players. <laughs> and um, I'm, just, I'm just going Dodgers in three. Whatever. <laughs> I, was literally about to say, I was literally about to say Padres in three. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> no, we no, have, no. Uh... Oh, no. I'll give my official pick as Padres in four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that the Dodgers have lost three consecutive games. I mean, I think they probably have, but not really. They don't need to lose three consecutive. They could lose. They could win one, lose one, and then lose. Oh, no. I'm talking about, like, your first pick of, like, Padres in three. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So... That'll do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. Follow me on Twitter at Mern's PSA. Um, I think we have already asked you enough random questions this week about baseball. So you 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 don't you get to skip the weird bonus question today. Yay. Yeah. All right. So let's go, Yankees. Uh, we will reconvene for another podcast probably after game two, I think. Not like immediately after game two, but like the day. Are you asking me or telling me? <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure that we've we've written about this before, so I think, yeah, the play. Okay, yeah. So the plan is that we are going to podcast again on the off day after Game Two, and we'll get a better sense of what the series is looking like then. So, yep. go team, go Yankees, go Aaron Judge. Woo!